It's bonus pod one five four. You you sneak into a, a zoo late at night. You break mm-hmm. the lock on on the gates um, with a big rock. Uh, yep. The lock, the padlock, is like shaped like a lion's head, which is quite cute because it's a zoo. But you don't care. You're breaking that lock. Smack! <laughs> you you open up the gates to the zoo. And That's the little moan of pleasure of breaking into. <laughs> yeah, you go. Mm, this is exciting. And <laughs> you you walk up to um, the. The, the sort of there's always like a sort of big junction near the front of a zoo with like a big sign that points you like to the big cats the birds whatever yeah. you're here to see the you're here to see the lion because earlier today you went to the zoo and you said where's the lion where's the lion you looked over the barrier you said, where's the lion and one of the zoo employees came over and said sorry the lions are sleeping the lions are sleepy lions get sleepy <laughs> And you're like, shut up, where? I want to see the lion. I paid my money. I want to see the lion. <laughs> and the zookeeper was like, sorry, the lion's sleeping. And and uh, you, then you said, I'll come back. I'll come back. And now you're back. You've broken into the zoo. And you, so you go straight to the big cat area. <laughs> and you lean over the barrier. And again, no lion. And you scream upwards into the sky, this is bullshit. <laughs> Well, how much sleeping do lions do? You know, <laughs> and you, you go, you know what? I'm here to see a lion. I'm going to see a lion. And you, call, you you jump over the barrier, down into the lion enclosure. Nothing around. No movement, no noise. And you, you start looking around. You go, lion? Rawr. Lion? Rawr. Nothing. <laughs> you look behind a bush, nothing. Under a rock, nothing. Lion, and then you hear, and you, and suddenly you realize, shit, this is a bad idea. What have I done? Oh no, what am I doing? What have I done? And you, you turn around and you see that there's a sort of cave, dark cave, and and out of the cave emerges a mass, a huge mass, and you go, what is that? Oh my god! And then another mass, and then a third mass, and it's me and Pierre eating. The lion. <laughs> Welcome to Bonus Pod. <laughs> so presumably we've broken in there as well that night. Or maybe we're there early in the day. If, we, if you mm. re- rewinding sort of Ocean's Eleven style back. And so we're the main character going, oh, I'll be back. I'll be back. The main character goes to leave. Da, 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 da. Next to them, it's you and me, and we've yeah, used yeah, the dis- yeah. their distraction to climb into the lion's den with a knife and fork in our hands. We, we, we've we've got um, wraparound shades on, and we look at each other and nod before we start climbing. <laughs> yes, we rappel down <laughs> like that. Yeah, we're just trying to we, heist. We, yeah. We've just we're just trying to collect the most exotic meats. We want to have said we've eaten all the most exotic meats. 
I really liked uh, when the guy said, oh, I'll be back to the zookeeper. As if the zookeeper wouldn't be like, well, yeah, that's the best way. To... <laughs> yeah, that's repeat custom. That's exactly what we want. Yeah, and, and, and hopefully you'll be back when the lions are awake. They do sleep a lot. They do sleep a lot, lions. Not lionesses. And this is, you know, recording this on International Women's Day, so it seems apt. Yes. The lionesses very much the, the work... Oh, sorry. Lionesses are very much the workhorses of the lion community. They do most of the hunting. They do the child rearing uh, and the lions they just kind of sleep around and wait for the food to be brought to them I um they're the li- I this lion think- this is what lions say they say a woman's place is is on the savannah that's what the lions say they're all very old fashioned <laughs> they, they think the women yeah. should be getting their food a woman's place is in the savannah things- <laughs> the male lions say things like why don't you go out and hunt me a gazelle <laughs> The lion sexists. <laughs> they're very, they're very rude. The lion sexists, and that's the kind of thing they say. <laughs> oh, go to the savannah, would you? And then, and then I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of thing that will get you black. the shock comic. Yeah, um, <laughs> a shock line comic. I remember a fairly mediocre sitcom that was early, early 3D lions in a zoo that was like married with children and it was on Sky. A sitcom? Yeah. American? Yeah, very American. 3D lions sitcom Sky. Now this I gotta see. Father of the Pride. Oh, very good. Yeah. Created by Jeffrey Katzenberg for DreamWorks. Cats. He's got cats in his name. He does. Cats by name. Cats by nature. Oh, wow. Um, John Goodman was did one of the voices. Yeah. The series centers on a family of white lions, the patriarch of which stars in a Siegfried and Roy show in Vegas. That's right. The series was considered a flop and canceled after only one season. How do I remember this? What Eesh. precious memory has been pushed out of my brain by this horse shit? Oh, my God. The graphics are terrible. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's so badly. ugly. It's even like they just—they haven't got the colors right. Let alone, like the quality of the CG itself is one thing, but like they're all just a weird, dirty white. Like they're all off-white or something. Is I think they're supposed to be white lions. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. But it's still—it looks—it looks—it like looks, it's... looks bad. It looks like they've just forgotten to color them in. It's real PS2 cutscene stuff. <laughs> it really is. It's pretty poop. Wow. It's pretty poopy. You know what's amazing when you you know you, you are made aware of a, pr- a production like this that no one saw, no one has remembered, and will just sink into the depths of the abyss of history. It's yeah. like, I always imagine all the work that went, the phone calls, the meetings, yes. the accounting, the budgeting, the emails. Pitching it. The pitches, the car rides, the pickup times, the early mornings, the late nights, trying to scrape this all through, all for something that is just mentioned in a shitty way on a British podcast 20 years later in a derogatory yeah. manner. 20 years. Hey, listen to this. It took more than 200 animators two years to make Father of the Pride. No. Oh, my Lord. There's so much... So much waste. So much waste (laughs) of human effort in this life. 
I want to meet the animators because what do they say? And they go, hey, what? You make 3D movies for like DreamWorks and stuff. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, DreamWorks animation, like Shrek. And, and they, wow, what did you work on? Oh, um, Father of the Pride. <laughs> hmm? Yeah, Father of the Pride, the uh, the lion. Uh, it was a sh- it was um that was a sitcom, a sitcom. Yeah, John Goodman was in it. What? <laughs> That's the rest of your party conversation. <laughs> Fuck, doesn't it? You're like, oh fucking, hell, I have to explain Father of the Pride again. <laughs> yeah, truly mad. Um, favorite thing about zoos? Have you uh, frequently visited zoos in your life? Yeah, I have very fond memories, childhood memories of Singapore Zoo, and Singapore Zoo has a world famous good zoo because Singapore they just do yeah. things very well so I remember Singapore Zoo being really magical and amazing favourite part of a zoo uh, I uh, mm, like the big the the big primates are cool yeah yeah I'm yeah like, I was going to say monkeys baby like a silverback or something that's sick silverback or I was a fan of the spider monkeys because they were loud. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. I like the quiet animals. I like the I like the chaos of the monkeys and watching them kind of hoot at each other and Ooh, the input on edge. Do you like the chaos of the bird uary, the aviary? The birduary? Yeah, the birduary. Um, the birdarium. I'm not too fond of the chaos of the birduary because there was a lot more liquidy poop flying around and, and a lot of dead eyes kind of just glancing in rapidly. Yeah, and the way the birds squawk, it just looks like they're really horrible scream because they have that dead eye, and they just go, and they can't express anything except what, just like this sort of cold-eyed yeah. scream. What? It's like if someone, yeah, it was just going, ah. <laughs> you wouldn't hang out with someone who just went ah <laughs> with dead eyes. <laughs> Much less marry them. Ah. <laughs> much less marry them much less admire their plumage <laughs> absolutely not um yeah the, the big um, big old mon- monkeys are good big monkeys are good um zoos aside phil we've actually got some nice patreon correspondence to to have a little gander at oh okay <clears throat> yeah um first up it's our old friend yaroslav yaroslav yeah, well, it's, didn't we work out that it was Suave? Oh, Suave, yes, tree? I remember Yaroslav. Yaroslav is new to my ears, but Yaroslav. Yaroslav. Yes. Yeah, Yaroslav. The smoothest remember guy he, around, Yaroslav. He sent us the email around Christmas that was Nieprzezjewakie Trzepach. The keep on jacket in oh, Polish that oh, I said yeah. that Tiny Tim was saying. <laughs> This fucking head spinning around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Yaroslav gets back in touch and says, Hello, print and play, which I like. Oh, very good. Yeah. So he says, I have a short story regarding the popularity of Second Life. Oh, gosh, Second Life. Yeah, this was the, the video game, the meta, the, the precursor to the metaverse. Yeah. Uh, which we were discussing. I have a short story regarding the popularity of Second Life. It was approximately 14 years ago when I was still a student. Um, we returned to school after a short winter break, and we immediately noticed that our classmate Alex wasn't there on the first day. Oh, wow. Mystery. Imagine... Oh, 
Imagine a two-meter-high metalhead with long black hair and a fringe covering his eyes almost completely. That's a tall, sad boy. Yeah, always dressed in a black hoodie with a demeanor, this is, I like this imagery a lot, with the demeanor of an almost mute Native American chief. (laughs) Almost mute. (laughs) Like the guy from uh, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. Right. I suppose. Anyway, the point of Yaroslav is very noticeable, he says. (laughs) Right, yeah. Um, The disappearance got even weirder when the teacher checking attendance asked whether we knew why Alex got removed from the student list. Oh, curious and so the curious. Know. We tried to contact him, but there was no answer. Somebody who knew his parents found out what happened a few days later. Alex met a girl through Second Life. Oh, she was another boy. metalhead from Finland. Yep, she would be. Them, who they... crafted replica weapons. Oh, wow! That is a young, tall, sad boy's dream, isn't it? Yes, you, you could not have imagined a more perfect woman. He must have tried to leap into the television screen. Gosh, she makes, she loves metal. She makes weapons. Probably from metal. Double metal. Double metal. Um, she was another metalhead from Finland who crafted replica weapons. She'd only be more Scandinavian if she did that using a fish while solving bleak crimes. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Apparently she uh, she visited her, I think he means he, Um, Apparently he visited her for the first time during the winter break after an online-only relationship. He went there to stay for a week, decided to stay in Finland indefinitely, and then they immediately got married. Oh, well, that's nice. Yes. Well, good for them. Um, He basically went no contact with his classmates, and in the last picture I saw of him, he's wearing a black mesh shirt and holding a katana. (laughs) (laughs) This guy is like... True this guy's to done it. form. He's lived the dream. He's, he's done it. You know what? Oh. He's like the I admire the hell out of you it. You know that <laughs> that amazing meme of the, the the nerdy guy with the katana and he says, While you were having premarital sex, I was mastering the blade. Yeah. This guy has mastered the blade and presumably had pre and post marital sex. He I mean he has it all. He has it all. He has a black mesh shirt and a katana. A two-meter-tall emo can have it all. He did it. He he did. I mean, I don't know what he did. He did the equivalent of, if he was a goth, he did the equivalent of finally meeting the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, scaring the devil. Like, the devil found him Yeah, and the scary. devil going, hey, you, <laughs> you seem like a, my kind of guy. Yeah. Wow, that's very nice. Um, that's a nice yeah, story. Yeah, Koji and Metaverse, says Yoroslav. Thank you, Yoroslav. Thank you. Chinkoi. Chinkoi? Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, fucking hell. Thank you in Polish. God damn it. Chinkoi. Oh, it's not playing. I tried to make it. Chinkoi. Chinkoi. Yeah. Chinkoi. Thank you very much. What a what a dream scenario! Life could not have worked out better for Yurosław's tall, dramatic friend. <laughs> it, it is so nice when like people find each other like that. When you know when you have someone in your school, you're like, oh, 
boy, you're going to have a tough life. And then they meet someone. They meet just like the mirror version of themselves. And they just go off. Yes. And you're like, ah, well, that's good. No, good, 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 good. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a moment of doubt where you think, oh, should it be fully endorsed? No, that's good. No, 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 no. it's good. Like if someone you knew who thought they were a cat met someone else who thought they were a cat, and you go, that, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. For okay. a second, you, you, for a second, you consider, well, would it be better if they were just both all right? But then you go, no, that's asking, no, no, they're who they are, and this is the best possible outcome for them. Good, 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 no, no, good, 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 good. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. You you go, you know what? <laughs> On balance. I think uh I think this'll do just fine. This monastery does good food. Yummy, yummy in my me. Um. Okay. Well, we also have um. What appears to be. Pretty long old lad from, no, not Tim. No, Tim sent us a short thing. Tim has said, uh, Dear PP boys, I've been thinking about how to describe BudPod and I've come up with the following summary. Some guy says a number and his seemingly on the spectrum friend spends the next five minutes trying to form words that rhyme with that number into some sort of sentence. Then they talk about that for 15 minutes. Later on, they do the same thing, but with people's names instead of numbers. And it dispersed with poo stories. Yours jackingly, Timothy. <laughs> yeah, I've never felt so seen, to be honest. <laughs> for a second, for a second, it's... honestly, this is how uh, unaware I am. For a second there, when he said, I, I, then it goes to his uh, seemingly on the spectrum friend. I, I thought, well, Pierre's not on the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> um... I had a, I I have a I have a story that relates to that. Mm. Um, any, we, in fact, there are some some Podbud Patreon people listening. Thank you for coming to the gigs I did in Bristol. Uh, at the Comedy Den, it's a nice little basement gig. They do an early and late show on a Friday night. Um, there were some Podbuds there. Thank you very much for coming and your kind words. It was very appreciated. Um, but there was a guy there, right? Who. Um, I do. I have a new routine I do about a, a kind of crazy line of thinking that I engaged in once, like very sort of uh, weird line of thinking. And then, so there was this guy in the audience and he had said to the compare that he had a favorite part of history and it was the fall of the Roman Republic, right? Mm. 
So I thought, oh, I know some factoids about that. So I went on stage and I said to him, oh, like uh, Julius Caesar crossing the Rubicon, the die is cast, you know, all that. And he went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, see? And I said to the audience, like, oh, see, I'm a big dweeb. I need you to know that before I start. And uh, ha, 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 and whatever. And then I told the story of this long line of quite tortured thinking that I engaged in once. You know, have you seen the fish blood routine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that. Pardon my sniffing. And uh, then I said to the audience, uh, "Yes, well, I mean, is that line so of thinking your fish blood routine quickly is just like um, the whole thing about me me getting distracted and and then my then girlfriend yeah. saying, what are you thinking about?' Yeah, and then yeah, and you say, do, do fish have salty blood?' And it's just like, yeah, she wouldn't believe that you could possibly be thinking about something unimportant. So stupid, yeah. yeah. And it's a really like long winding story of how I got to thinking about fish's blood, and it's basically then I said to the audience." Um, does that smack of of being on the spectrum to anyone, that kind of way of thinking? Because I've been accused before, Phil. Really? Semi-seriously. Um, friend of the podcast, Fern Brady, has got her autistic spectrum um, diagnosis, of course. A badge, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I messaged her when she was tweeting about how she finally got her diagnosis a while ago. And I said, congrats. And she said, oh, thanks very much. And then she said, uh, I didn't think you might be as well. Really? <laughs> Yeah, because she was like, well, you know all that history stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's true. Something well, like that. Being on the spectrum doesn't... It doesn't mean you're, like, you're just good at knowing things on its own, right? No, it doesn't really mean a lot, depending on where you are on it and what form and whatever. It's all very variable. But the kind of obsessiveness, I think, is pretty... Right, yeah. Um, anyway, I, I, said, I asked the audience that, and then the guy the, who was the history guy before said... Uh, Something along the lines of like, well, he basically just went, maybe. <laughs> and I said, really, do you think so? And he went, well, I have Asperger's, so, I mean, yeah, you knew about the uh, Rubicon. And I was like, well, yeah, you got me there. It's like a, it was like a, a, a trick question. Interesting. So maybe, uh, maybe your instincts were right, Phil. Um, mm, maybe, maybe. Um, I don't. Th- but I, it I, matters not. No, no. Sorry, my sniffing is really gross, but I'm so ill. You're quite Ugh. sick. Pierre's sick, everybody. And not just in yeah, the sorry head. Sorry for sniffing. Not just in the head. She's, he's sick not in the nose. In the head. He's sick, he's in, sick the in the heart. neck, in the throat. Sick in the neck. My neck tubes feel very stiff. Yuck. Um, I'm, sniffling, anyway, so. I'm sniffling at the moment, and I'm like, what, what is the point? I'm, I'm over it now. Why is my body still slowly filling my nostrils up with mucus? <laughs> to, to what end? How is how's this helping? Like a careful tea ceremony. <laughs> Just very gently. A little bit more snot. Um, so, the long email is from Mark. Okay, sure. Uh, Mark, how um, stark. What a starkly long email. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Oh, it's not so, it's not so long. Okay. I mean, maybe I'm being a silly fucker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mark says, "Dear plop buds, that's good. Very nice. I don't know if we've had that. Plop buds, surely. Plop. I, I, you'd think surely, but maybe hmm. not. Maybe plop is actually quite uh, niche. It's a niche plop. Yeah, it's a niche plop. Um, someday someone will keep a record of all the different address forms, but." Today is not that day. 
Uh, dear Plot Buds, founding farter and long-time listener here, but I think this is the first time I've written in, excuse me, with a story since I have, alas, not been blessed or cursed, with an impressive or amusing enough scatological tale worthy of these esteemed annals. Lovely use of the word annals. Also <laughs> annals, haha. That's my addition there. Um... A number of weeks ago, however, I think you recounted a story of falling from a height. Um, yes, that was when Stuart Laws was on, I believe. Yes, his father fell out of a window into into a greenhouse. Is that you right? through a conservatory, through maybe. Through a mm. Mm. And I do have a story which, while not scatological in nature, does relate to an embarrassing bodily function. I would have written in sooner, but Pierre has been instilling a perpetual sense of guilt in me over these last three few weeks with his HMRC self-assessment reminder. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't help but feeling like you're in the pocket of big tax in some kind of deep state plot. Yes. Um, but enough tarrying. Good word. Excellent. Um, around 12 years ago, I was snowboarding in France and I had a terrible accident. Oh, yeah. That's direct. A sacre bleu. Sacre bleu. There is no way of saying this without me coming across as the idiot I was. In a remote area of the resort, by myself, I fell off a ski lift. Oof. Ooh, that, yeah, that can be quite high, right? Yes, very high. And you shouldn't fall off a ski lift. You should have the little bar across you, right? Mm. Yeah. I fell onto ice. Ouch! Ugh. And, unbeknownst to me at the time, broke my back. <gasps> What? How do you not know that? <laughs> My body gave me a first-hand lesson in evolutionary adaptions and surged with adrenaline. That adrenaline meant I didn't realize I'd broken my back. Oh, what does it mean when you break your back? Like, it's, It means you've stepped on a crack. <laughs> does that break your mother's back? Um... It could be a crack or a hairline fracture on different vertebrae. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Oh, Oof. I hate to think of it. And so, continuing with the EDC that caused the problem, I strapped my snowboard back on and went down the mountain. <sighs> Once safely at our accommodation, the adrenaline decided its job was done and abandoned me. Oh, no. Mm. Uh, the pain flooded in, and I decided, in the manner of men in all other kinds of stupidly similar situations, that I should probably get it checked out. Yeah. <laughs> probably. I headed to a nearby clinic, and they did an x-ray scan. This was inconclusive, but they suspected a potential broken back, and I was immobilized on a gurney, Oh my God. moved into an ambulance, and sent to Grenoble Hospital. Grenoble. A couple of hours away. Grenoble. Oh, is, that, is, that, Grenoble. is that a settlement in total war? It feels like it's... Oh, maybe, yeah. It might be. <laughs> yeah, it might be. L'Hôpital à Grenoble. Um, it was during this long and uncomfortable ride, immobilized in the back of an ambulance, that I properly noticed and appreciated another one of my body's physiological reactions. From the point of the accident... Through the snowboarding down, the scan at the clinic, and the several-hour ambulance ride, and the ensuing wait in the halls of the hospital, I was sporting a massive continuous erection. Oh, interesting. Good lord. Wow, I wonder why that is. <laughs> I had been rock hard for several hours. Dangerous. Gosh. 
Mm. Yikes. Mm. Yeah, from I did break, notice breaking the... one bone, making another. <laughs> the bone came out of his back and shot right into his dick. Fortunately, we were able to graft your boner into your back, and you now have a stronger spine than you ever have. <laughs> if you want to stand up straight, just uh, think about sex. <laughs> um, I'd been rock hard for several hours. I did notice the erection when I first lay in the snow and tried to assess the damage, but at that point it seemed a mere curiosity. <laughs> I like him going... Oh, I'll deal with this later. <laughs> He's just fallen off a ski lift. He looks down. Oh, an erection. Oh, look, I'll deal with that later. Uh, I need to get out. Uh, and it, the whole time, it just stayed there, just whoop, dong, whip, bang, just thwanging him in the legs. He just keeps looking down and thinking, one thing at a time. <laughs> I like him. The idea of him waving his hand and saying, "Mere curiosity." <laughs> a curio. Nothing, nothing. A mere curio. Yeah, a curio. A googor. <laughs> a googor. Yeah. I've never heard of googor before. I, I, it's one of those Mr. Burns words I learned oh. from Mr. Burns. Oh, great. Yeah, saying old things. A curio, a googor. <laughs> um, <laughs> but at that point, it seemed a mere curiosity, and I dismissed it as I tried to get off the mountain. Gentlemen, I wish I could say I was able to enjoy and relish in this newfound power. A power I have no doubt Mechatine would have coveted to defeat the final boss in an epic battle. <laughs> the power of a this was alas works. not the case, and instead I was worried this might be the byproduct. <laughs> yeah. um, instead, I was worried this might be the byproduct of some kind of nerve damage. Yes, fair enough. Ooh. Yes. So, in the nighttime quiet and darkened halls of a French hospital, I steeled myself and waited. I finally, uh, I was finally called in to see the doctor. He looked young and only newly qualified. He introduced himself in broken English and asked whether I spoke French. My brain did not fail me, as it called upon my reserves of schoolboy French from over ten years before. Uh, docteur, pourquoi est-ce que mon uh, petit monsieur est en attention? C'est normal? <laughs> now this is interesting, because I've never heard this. It, it has subsequently been explained to me that the, quote, default state of male anatomy is to be aroused, and that our brains continuously send a signal to suppress this. Oh, interesting. It doesn't feel Forever like that sometimes. boner? Oh, really? It does feel like that. It do, it do be like that sometimes. Gentlemen, I give you the forever boner. Oh, 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 that's you, re <laughs> you revealing this guy at the Royal Society. Oh, as you, as you, you've pulled the sheet off him and he's still in snowboarding gear. <laughs> My God, oh, someone has a reconnection issue. Oh, can you hear me? Hello. Hello. Yes, it just said reconnecting to Phil. Did you move around the room? No, no, no. I've stayed stock still. Hotel Wi-Fi, perhaps. Yes. Um, yes, the forever burner sounds like a sort of a Willy Wonka kind of thing. <laughs> or something you buy on QVC, QVC or some shopping channel. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes. It's a boner that um, never goes. Give it a thwack. Dying. Spit on it. <laughs> Throw it down some stairs. <laughs> dunk, 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 dunk. Still hard. Be publicly shamed. Boo. It never leaves. <laughs> the forever boner. 
Only twenty nine um, ninety nine ninety nine ninety nine. <laughs> um. <laughs> so he says this, and he says, "I don't know if that's true, or there's some other reason for my perma erection." But a few hours later, it subsided. I was incredibly lucky and suffered no long-term damage from my fall, and am thus able to enjoy your truly excellent podcast. Oh, All the best, and Koji like there's no tomorrow. Well, it sounds, yeah. it sounds like he could have. Yes, I hadn't told this embarrassing story to the... Huh? It sounds like he could have Koji'd with the forever boner. He could have Koji'd till the, the cows came home. It sounds like he could have used his erection as a sort of rudder to steer himself through the snow. <laughs> Um, he says, uh, P.S. I haven't told this embarrassing story to that many people, but then it made its way into my best man speech in front of my in-laws, who fortunately don't speak French, so I think it's fair game now. Oh, good. Yes. Good. Thank good. you. It's a good story. We profit from your fair game, Mark. Um, and that is the end of the bonus pod. Thank you so much, guys, for being Thank you. Do write patrons. in if you know about perma erections. Mm. Um, but thank you, uh, guys, for writing in. Uh, let us know if you have uh, any thoughts on Mark's permanent erection. Um, and thank you very much for subscribing and supporting us. Yes, much love. Uh, sorry about hotel Wi-Fi, but we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.